it probably goes without saying, as I know most of my audience are Protestants, but it probably goes without saying, uh, do not follow the way of the Pope, you know, don't follow the example of the Pope or the world. But unfortunately, in many ways, it seems like that's what we're doing, at least in a broad sense. Um, and I would suggest, let's look to uh, the Bible to, to how to operate in this world. So we need to ask ourselves, are we following in the way of the world? Or are we following the way of Scripture? And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today because I think a lot of times we assume that we're following the way of Scripture, we're following the way of the Spirit, and then a story comes out like what we heard recently about the Pope that we'll get to a little later, uh, and we tend to fall into worldly temptations. So I'm gonna give uh, a good example of ways that we can improve in our day-to-day lives, things that'll really help us spiritually, will really benefit us and those around us. Uh, and we're going to get into that from um, the very opening of the book of First Corinthians. Uh, and then a little later, I'm going to show you a, a bad example of what not to do, of things not to do. And it, it might seem obvious at first, but there are things that branch off from it that uh, I think aren't going to be quite as obvious and that many people, a lot of Christians, have found themselves falling into, unfortunately. So uh, let's get right into it because, you know, again, we live in strange times and we live in very, very uh, um, tempting times, tempting to follow the flesh instead of the spirit. And that's what JPD Weekly is kind of all about. It's It's about, you know, we want to look at prophecy. We want to look at good doctrine. We want to look at theology. We, we want to look at um, morals, you know, our virtues, our values, and how to live day-to-day life. That is that is just as important as prophecy is. That's just as important as doctrine is. So we need, we need all three of these things to uh, kind of come together so we can know how to best live day to day and how to be a blessing to others, how to even be a blessing to God. We want to be able to do that. He's done so much for us and he doesn't ask much in return. You know, his burden is light. A lot of what he asks in return is just that we love him and love each other. You know, if we can get those two things down (laughs) and it's really just one thing, it's really just loving God because, um, you know, the, the, the Bible says that you can't even know the love of God if you don't love your brother, if you don't love each other. And true love described in the Bible is not what you think, you know, worldly, what, what, what the world thinks it is. You know, the world thinks that love is like toleration and, and, you know, you, you do something good for somebody. So maybe they'll do something good for you. But scripture says, you know, that, that's what sinners do. You know, what, of what benefit is it? What benefit is it? How is it true love if you lend something to somebody knowing they're just going to pay it back? You know, that's what sinners do. Lend freely. Give freely. You know, I, I don't I don't ever lend anybody money. I'll give money if I can. I'll, I'll give it as a gift, but I don't lend people money. Um, and, and, you know, that, that kind of thing. I don't do a favor for somebody and tell them, you know, you owe me big. I might say it as a joke, but I don't ever actually mean it. Uh, so that's what the world does. True love just gives away freely and is not concerned with ever getting paid back. Um, but so that kind of love between brothers, you, you, you don't, you, you see it face to face, but you don't see it online. And I think what we need to understand is that we tend to think of the internet as like not real, like it's not the real world. In truth, the internet is 
more real than the real world because when you're talking face to face with somebody usually you're putting your your best version of yourself forward you know you're usually um doing everything you can to show this person you're you're like a nice person you hide a lot of your yourself or at least some people do you know you hide a lot of your faults you you, you don't you don't really open up your whole heart and just let spew out every evil wicked thing that's in there but online people do that online people do that that that's a the way people act online is a better representation of people's true heart than face to face is and that's horrifying because online we don't get a whole lot of you know love and understanding and self sacrifice you get a lot of pride and a, you know a lot of that kind of stuff and so what i would suggest is while you might think you know, you're doing good enough because when you're face to face with your friends or family, you treat them nice. Well, I would suggest, you know, even sinners will do that usually uh, because it's not because they're doing it out of love. It's because they're doing it out of protection. You know, they, they, they themselves, they're doing it out of self-preservation. They themselves don't want to be ostracized. They themselves don't want to be held accountable for the things that they say. The true test is what people say and how, how people act when no one's watching, you know, or, or when they can do it anonymously and they know it. So that's the true test. Uh, so, Let's 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 get into the very opening uh, first chapter, First Corinthians. This is from the ESV, um, and let's look at some of this stuff. So, obviously, this is Paul writing uh, to the church in Corinth. So he says, "Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our uh, brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified." In, G in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. So we have to remember that too. We are all called to be saints together in all places, every place where, where somebody calls the name on the Lord. So think about that online. You know, just because somebody lives on the other side of the country, if they're a Christian, you you still got to love them even if you disagree on stuff. You don't get to be mean. You're you you need to know that they also have been sanctified and they also have been called to be saints just like you. So you don't get to take away their calling and you don't get to shirk off your calling. Otherwise, you don't, you just really don't have any business calling yourself uh, a Christian. And again, this isn't just about like workspace stuff, you know, because none of us are really good enough to carry the name of Christ, you know, but it's, it's about your lifestyle. It's about your attitude. It's about what are you living for? Are you living for Christ? When you, when you make a mistake and you revile somebody or you say something bad, do you feel good or bad about that? Do you repent of it? You know, or, or do you, do you find ways to excuse it? Do you make excuses for it? Do you say things like, well, Christ said a bunch of bad stuff to the Pharisees, so I can say whatever I want. Do you, do you say stuff like that? Or do you actually think to yourself and, and to, and to Jesus and, and confess to him, I, I really messed up. I got a pride problem here. I should not have said that to my brother or sister in Christ online, states and states away. Uh, I should not have said that. I should not have been rude to them just because I disagree with them on some point of doctrine or something. Even if even if somebody is preaching heresy, what you do is you excommunicate them. You you get them out of your church. You know you you don't associate with them. But even then, you're not allowed to 
be a jerk. You're still supposed to be loving about that. And you, you, you know, you, you stand firm to the truth. You stand firm, uh, to Jesus. You know, this isn't like a wishy-washy thing. You, you, you don't say, oh, I think it would be nice if you would possibly leave, please. You know, you, you, you don't do that, but you don't get to call them names. You don't get to be hateful. Uh, you don't get to wish ill on them. You, you know, you, you don't get to do that. You, you just, you excommunicate them. You don't talk to them again. And, uh, you, you pray that they repent. So we need to realize that we've all been called. We, we've all been called to be saints together. It doesn't say that we've been called to be saints separately. We've been called to be saints together. We're all about the body of Christ. Uh, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Thanksgiving. Um, I give thank, and these are good, these are good words from Paul here because we need to remember, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is not just an American holiday. We should be living in Thanksgiving every day of our lives and giving thanks instead of complaining because when, when, when we're mean to one another, really what we're doing is we're complaining, we're reviling. So Paul says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. Now what's amazing here is he's going to rebuke them for some things because there's some infighting that, that we'll find out about later. There's some divisions, but still he gave, he gives thanks to you. And so I want to, I, I always want to be clear about that with all of you. Even, even if I'm seeing things that I'm correcting, like I'm still very thankful for all of you. And I hope that you're thankful for me too, because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ here. There's no, like I'm up here and you're down here just because I have a show and you, you're, you're the audience. There is none of that. You know, if anything, I want to be down here and lift all of you up as much as possible. Uh, and I want to, I want to, I want to do that through service because you know, Christ came and served us uh, the, the best way imaginable on the cross, you know, the, the ultimate service. He paid his life for us. So the least we can do is serve one another. And a lot of what I'm saying, too, it's stuff that I see online, but I'm not necessarily saying that's like the Daily Renegade audience. Um, as far as I know, I haven't really seen that a whole lot. But but I, I want a, I want to talk about it so we all know how to respond when it does happen. Um, and so we don't fall into the same sin because when somebody treats us like that, it's very tempting, uh, to want to throw that back at them and then make an excuse for it. Well, you know, they hit first, so we got to hit back. Now, while, while physical self-defense would certainly say that, uh, verbal self-defense, that's not really a thing. No, if somebody is, uh, verbally abusive to you online, you block them, you delete their comment, and you just don't ever talk to them again. You know, say a prayer for them. Uh, but that's about it. You don't get to talk behind their back. You don't get to, uh, hold on to it forever, you, you know. Uh, so that, that can take time, but, you know, you work with Christ, he'll, he'll work through it. But we need to always be thankful for, for one another. Um, and we need to realize that those, those people, they're not really living in the spirit. They're not really living for Christ. Cause if they were, they would love you enough to not treat you like that. But we also can't be hypersensitive. So there are some times where somebody will, will knowingly, you know, will, will righteously rebuke you. Um, and they'll do it boldly, but through love. Uh, we don't get to then turn around and take offense to that. You know, now if they're being a jerk calling you names, I mean, there's clearly a difference here. Uh, then that's one thing. But if they're just rebuking you, like, for example, there have been times somebody have, have put up fake posts on Facebook and, and the, the, there's memes like claiming things that just are not true. They're lies. And so I'll gently correct it. I'll correct it and say, well, here's actually the truth. Uh, and so now you have the truth. And, most people are cool with that and they'll take down their post and they'll, they'll say, you know, thank you. We all got to watch out for each other. That's great. But a few people, 
will get really upset. They'll get really upset. They'll start in with the mockery. Uh, they'll they'll start telling me things like I have to prove that their post is false, which that's not how the burden of proof works. You know, the person making the claim is the one that has to prove it. Uh, so they'll start saying things like that. They'll, they'll get really mean about it. And when that happens, then I know, okay, well, this person is not really trying to walk in the spirit of truth because otherwise they wouldn't have ta- take, ta- they wouldn't have taken offense to this. And I know uh, that my response wasn't mean-spirited. My response was done in love. I didn't give them any reason to respond like this. So they're responding to truth. They're responding out of their own pride. So then I know, well, that is somebody that I don't need to be associating with because Scripture tells us not to associate with people like that. Uh, we talked a little bit about that in last week's JPD Weekly. So... Um, so so we know all that, and we have to keep that in mind that we're not even supposed to associate. So I, I have had to unfriend and, and block people that I thought have you know were friends of mine, you know, friends that I've had for a few years even. That has happened because we have to put the truth above that. We have to put Jesus above that. And if they're not willing to, um, if they're going to keep walking in darkness, you know, then we need to not let that leaven uh, into our ranks. So we, we have to do that. And then within our ranks, we always have to be thankful for one another. So um, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. So we do it not for because of their own virtues, but we're thankful. We give thanks to God always for each other because of the grace of God that was given to us in Christ Jesus. So it's not that people are earning our thankfulness. It's that we are thankful for them because of the grace of God that Jesus gave to them, that Jesus gave to us. So it's not by our own doings. You know, the only reason, if you find any good in me, the only reason I'm like that is because of Jesus. Because without Jesus, I I am a reviler. I am a very prideful, egotistical person, me without Jesus. And I know what that person looks like. I don't like that person, but that's, that's, that's Jesus, you know, without Jesus, I'm a totally different person that is very difficult to get along with. Uh, and many of you, probably all of you are, are the same way. Actually, definitely all of you, because we're all sinners. So we're thankful for each other because of the grace of God that was given to us. I'm thankful for you because the grace that God has given you, uh, not because of anything you earned on your own. Um, you know, the only thing you might be able to say is, is that you, you, you know, you're, you're obedient and allowing the spirit to, to work within you. And so that's really good. But I'm thankful for the, for, for you because of the grace of God. So we need to have that perspective. Uh, so. And that also tells us that we need to pray for people who aren't accepting the grace of God. Instead of hating them or calling them names, we need to pray for them so we can be thankful for them too if they accept it. That in every way you are enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge. So we need to keep that in mind. We need to be enriched in Jesus in every way, in all speech and knowledge. Even in knowledge, even the things that we think we know. You know, in our knowledge, we need that—that that needs to be uh, enriched in Him, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we have to remember that too. We were all called because God is faithful. It's not because of us or uh, anything that we're doing. It's because God is faithful. 
Uh, and we were all called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that brother that you think that you hate because he's got a different rapture version, uh, different interpretation of the rapture than you, um, you need to realize that if he's walking in the spirit, and, and what determines walking in the spirit is not, you know, those, those marginal differences. It's, it's, are they, are they, are they loving? Are they loving you? And, and, uh, are you loving them? So that brother that you have, they were called to be in the fellowship of Jesus. You don't get to decide that. You don't get to uncall them, right? So whether you like it or not, they're called to be in the fellowship. Uh, and as long as they're actually walking in the spirit, then we need to uh, realize you, you don't get to hate them. And I see this a lot with uh, – there's a lot of hatred of uh, from Christians towards people they don't even know, towards people that they, they have no idea. And typically the excuse given is, well, he's teaching a false doctrine. All right, even if that's the case, and there's a lot of times that that accusation is thrown around and it's not even the case, but even if that's the case, you don't know that person. You still don't get to um, be a reviler and be, be, you know, be a gossiper and stuff. Now, definitely expose the false teaching. Absolutely, for sure. Um, you can even say, you know, you can directly quote the person who's saying it and say, well, so-and-so has said this, this is why I disagree with it, but don't have the attitude, you know, so this guy's a piece of, piece of garbage, he's a piece of trash, you know, let, let's, let's have the attitude, you know what, let's not associate with him, but let's pray for him in love that he will repent, and let's also pray for ourselves, because if we're not interpreting this right, then we want God to convict us and, and we want God to tell us that too. But if, if he is wrong on this issue, uh, you know, if it's something that's like clearly obvious, then, then pray for him in love. And we, we need to make sure that we're doing that. Divisions in the church. So Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Now, does it say the same opinions here? It says same judgment, the same mind, but is Paul saying that we all have to agree on every single opinion that could possibly ever be formed? Of course not. That would be ridiculous. There's going to be things that we disagree about. But when we do disagree, we need to, we need to know that we, we need to agree by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There, there, there are things that we need to agree on, like we need to love one another. Now, the things that we disagree on should never uh, cause a division, that's what, that's where the agreement is. The agreement is, you know, regardless, uh, if you're in Christ, then we are brothers and we are sisters in Christ together. And whether you believe in mid-trib rapture and I believe in pre-trib rapture, that cannot be a division. You know, a, a difference of an opinion is not a division. A division is when we decide that we're not going to fellowship together or we're going to be rude to one another um, uh, or we're going to fall into sin o- over our differences. That That's a division. Or or we're going to, you know, th- there's, there's a lot of things like that. Um, now, a lot of people will bring up denominations here. I don't necessarily think it, it depends on how denominations are handled. Now, if if you have a church and half the congregation, uh, let's say the whole congregation believes that prophecy is really, really important, and that's the main thing they want to hear, and you have half of the congregation that's pre-trib, and you have half of the congregation that's post-trib, let's say. Now, what could happen is you could have two different services, you know, or you could 
the way that I would probably handle it is say, hey, well, let's let's teach on both and let's try to come up with a consensus here. Or, but but what happens sometimes is half of the church will decide to break off and start their own church. Now, I actually don't think that that's a problem as long as those two churches can still fellowship and they don't hate one another. As long as those two churches still love each other and they realize, hey, we're both still brothers and sisters in Christ. It's just you, you know we 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 want to hear about the post trib stuff and we want to hear about the pre trib stuff mainly and we don't want this to be a problem so uh let's love each other and our churches will work together and we can fellowship together and uh you, you know we're all still christians here but but you know our church holds to this so we're going to do that and our church over here holds to this so we're going to do that i don't really see that as a problem so there there are some minor differences like that uh, uh, among different denominations uh, and I, I don't see that as a problem. So a lot of people have like really serious issue issues with uh, denominations. Um, th- what I have a problem with it is when a denomination thinks that like they're the only ones that are possibly right. Everybody else is wrong and they won't fellowship with anybody else. So I was kind of raised like that. Like I, I was, I was raised in an environment where it was, it was Baptist or nothing. Like if, if somebody is like Pentecostal or charismatic, or if they believe that the gifts are for, are still for today or anything like that, well, that's, that's satanic and that's demonic. And then you, you can't associate with them at all, but that's not what the Bible's talking about when it says don't associate with these people. When, when you actually, look at the list that we looked at last week it's more about heart issues it's it's more about like are are, are they hating and not loving you know so you can have differences of, of beliefs you can have a cessationist and um a charismatic that can still fellowship with one another because they realize they they should realize that Christ is the center of all of this, they should both have the humility to understand, well, this is a split issue in the church, so either one of us could be wrong. Maybe there's some information that we don't yet have. You know, either one of them could say that. But until until this is corrected or until we know for sure, we're going to believe our, our separate things, but we're going to fellowship and we're going to come together under the name of Jesus Christ because that is what is most important. Now, this does not work uh, among other religions, so we have to be careful with that because there are people that try to like marry Christianity and Islam together or marry um, like Roman Catholicism with like Protestantism or something. You, you know, there, there are things that you just can't marry together. Uh, there are things like that. So we have to be careful not to take that too far when it comes to religion. But, but ultimately if, if you, if your savior is Jesus Christ and that is where your salvation is, that, that is the only way to heaven, th- then you can fellowship with people of that like mind. So that's what it's talking about here. That's where the agreement is. The agreement that's necessary is in Jesus. That's why there is no agreement between like Christians and Muslims because, uh, they, they would not agree that they would not agree about Jesus. But if you agree about Jesus within Christianity, then you can fellowship. And, and then it's a matter of, well, do they really agree? Because if they really agree, they'll be living that out. They'll be living it out, not, not in like their opinions, but in how they handle their opinions, how they handle yours. Are they walking in, in the Holy Spirit? Are they walking in love? Are they following those two commandments of, of love God and love one another? Or are they using their opinions as a means of, uh, boasting themselves up or, or being prideful? Uh, or, or just basically, you know, we call it today just being a jerk. Do, is that what they're doing? So we, we need to be careful about that. That's why it's important to really know who we're not supposed to be associating with and also know who it is that we are supposed to be loving, even if there is a difference in uh, belief. 
Maybe there are times where it's perfectly okay to say, well, you know, uh, I, I still love you, but this just isn't a conversation I want to have right now. Maybe, you know, I could see situations like that, but we're not permitted to uh, hate people and to operate in pride. I see pride as the like the biggest problem right now uh, in the church, especially with how easy it is to uh, thrust that on everybody through the internet. So we have to keep, we have to be really careful to keep that in check because that is the easiest sin to fall into, uh, myself included. And I need, I need you guys. That's why I'm thankful for you because I need you guys to keep me in check too. I don't want to fall into pride and it would be very easy for me to do so. And it would be very easy for you to do so too. So we all need, you know, iron sharpens iron. We all need to be careful and keep each other, uh, in check. But we don't want to fall, falsely accuse. There, there are times that I've been a, a, accused of things that I just simply wasn't guilty of. And so you see that a lot in like YouTube comments and stuff. Um, uh, so, so we have to be careful that like our, when we accuse somebody, it shouldn't be just an accusation just for the sake of accusing, but it's because we love that person. We want them to repent and come to the truth. Uh, maybe we can identify it because there was a time in our own lives, you know, where, where we've dealt with it. And I think that's what the, the speck in the log is all about. If that's not a problem that you, you've dealt with, if you haven't gotten the log out of your own eye, how can you possibly tell this person how they're going to get the speck out of his? I typically don't um, reprove people unless it's something that I have some kind of personal experience with. Now, that's with minor issues. With major issues like don't murder and stuff, you know, we can all stand on that and we don't have to have a past in murdering people to, you know, be able to know that that's wrong and know how to deal with it. Uh, so that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about just like some of these d divisional issues that, that Paul is going to describe here, quarreling and things. Speaking of which, let's get back to what he has to say. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, uh, Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of uh, Stephanus. Uh, beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So um, what he's saying here is like, we don't follow men. So our, our, our like spiritual leaders or teachers or whoever we follow, like today it would be like the people that you follow online, like your favorite YouTube, your Christian YouTube channels, you know, don't be identified with them to the point that like, for example, sometimes there'll be uh, like a, a, dif a difference between leaders and then the, the congregations or the followers get split because of that. Well, that's going too far. We should never elevate our, our, our I don't even like the word leaders. Like, I, I hope you don't refer to me as a leader. I don't, I don't like that that term because it's just too easy to fall into pride with that. Um, but the people that we learn from, our teachers, uh, we, we shouldn't identify with them like that. We need to identify with Christ like that because Christ is not divided. If we're identifying with our leaders like that, that's, that's an issue. Um, and so, you know, Paul here was saying that, you know, he, he didn't want to be, 
he didn't want anybody to baptize anybody because he didn't want that to be somebody's excuse to fall into pride. Well, I was baptized by Paul, the great Paul. You can see how something like that would happen. Well, even today, you know, it might not be with baptism, but maybe it's like replying to a YouTube comment. You know, I, I would never want somebody to think, you know, well, Josh Peck, he he replied to my comment, you know, like like I'm somebody special or, or you know, L.A. Marzulli, he actually responded to my email, you know, like like that makes you special or something. It doesn't. It just means that L.A.'s a nice guy and he he wrote back to you and good, you know, good. Or, or like, or, or, you know, sometimes we see this. We, we see kind of this boasting about who people know and uh, and we, we got to abstain from that you know we have to get away from that we have to realize that that that's a point of pride and all of these people there's nothing special about them i mean they're human beings the only special thing about them is christ that lives in them so give the honor to christ don't give the honor to these people um even if it's somebody that you really love and respect and there's a lot of teachers like that i got a lot of teachers that i follow too like that uh where i really look up to them and i i love and admire them but but we have to keep that in check and not identify with them the way that we identify with christ we have to remember anything that we like in them anything we appreciate is jesus because they are a flawed uh fallen being we all are um, and if it weren't for Christ, they would not be like that. They would not have these qualities that you love and admire and appreciate as Christians. So we have to keep that in mind. Uh, we have to keep that in check. Don't, don't, don't idolize anybody. Uh, continuing on. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? So that's another thing. We can never put knowledge and wisdom too high. You know, oh, so-and-so is so smart. They sound so smart. You know, but don't put that so high where, um, because we have to remember what, however much knowledge or wisdom we think that somebody we appreciate actually has, you know, Christ makes foolish, you know, the, the wise. He, he, he makes that foolishness because he is wise. So any wisdom that a human being will have, is foolishness. Now, you could have a Christian who is wise and Christ has, has given them his wisdom. So there might be somebody who appears, who, who's like really, like think, think of, um, um, I don't know, off the top of my head, like Chuck Missler. He, he, you know, he's passed on. He's with the Lord now, but a lot of people, uh, look up to him as this really smart, knowledgeable, very wise uh, person. And he, and he was, but the only reason he was like that is a gift from God. It was, it was Christ's wisdom. Any wisdom that was in Chuck Missler was from the spirit of God. It wasn't from the spirit of Chuck Missler, right? So we need to keep that in mind. You know, we can look up to him, love him as a brother and, and look forward to the day that we get to see him again. I, I certainly do. Uh, I didn't know him personally in this life, but, um, I definitely learned a lot from, from his work in ministry, as many of you have. But we need to remember we don't elevate him uh, above above other people. He he is or he was a, a very flawed, sinful human being, just like we all are. So all of his knowledge, all of his wisdom, anything that's true that he was able to teach us, it was from Christ, and he was a vessel. So we don't want to elevate the vessel above the uh, above the one who's filling the vessel, right? So we have to keep that in mind. And and unfortunately, there is like a lot of hero worship kind of stuff that I see in, in Christian circles. Um, and we don't want to do that. I would say even here at Daily Renegade, don't do that with me. Don't do not do that with uh, Gary Wayne or uh, Brian Melvin or, or uh, um, 
uh, Michael Stibbs or anybody who, who's associated with us, don't do that. You ask any one of them, and they will tell you, just like I'm telling you now, we are no better than you. If anything, we're probably worse. Chances are we're worse, and we want to uh, serve you the best we can and elevate you the best we can. That That's what Christ has called us to do. And any good you find in us, anything that's wise or knowledgeable or good, it's Christ working in us. We're just the vessel. So we have to keep that in mind. Um, for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, Greeks uh, seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and a folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now, of course, it's not saying that God is weak or foolish at all here. It's just making the point, like whatever we think that we are, like God is so much greater. Uh, the, 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 like the, the least of God is so much greater. It's trying to like put us in our place, like realize that God is so much above that. Um, even if there were any like worse parts of God, which obviously there's not, but he's just using that as an, as an example. Uh, those would be even, even better, better, um, than the best of us. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of no, noble birth. We can all, we can say that about each other. Not, according to worldly standards, who, who among us has ever been considered wise or, or noble or powerful? You know, n- none of us. But it was the same then. They, they were, they were, uh, the, the Galileans were the ones that were like called originally from, from Christ. They, they were seen as like the, the hicks of Israel, you know, like the hillbillies of Israel. They were not seen as like intelligent people at all. Um, and so, I think God kind of has an affection for those people. I think that's why like Christianity is, is so uh, popular, like in the South and in, in America. Um, because typically think about America, typically, you know, people from like Arkansas, you know, or, or, or Alabama are seen as like the Hicks and seen as like unintelligent by worldly standards. I don't see them like that. And I know you don't either, but just by worldly standards, that's how they're seen. But to any, to anybody that actually knows good Christians from those areas, you know, they have more love than most of us can, can ever even fathom. I mean, they, a lot of them, those strong Christians, uh, they, they really got it down. I mean, they, they know love. They, they know, they they know the fruits of the spirit. They know how to walk in that. So there's a lot we can learn from them, just like there was a lot that Israel could have learned from the Galileans. So that's what that's what he's talking about here. Uh, verse 27, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Uh, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So we need to understand our role and what God has called us to do. He's called us to to use uh, to be vessels for his wisdom to confound the wise of the world because the wise of the world are fools. Now that does not mean that we get to then act in pride and start start thinking that we're better than any of them because you know what without Christ we're of the world too. You know without Christ. Now we have a greater calling than that because of Christ. We we we're not of the world. We may be in it but we're not of it. But before we got saved, you know, if it wasn't for Christ, it's of no, it's it's nothing we did to attain what we have. We don't get to boast in that. So that's that's what Paul is saying here. You know, just because you think that you're smarter and better than these like Hollywood elites that's constantly um, complaining about Christianity and stuff, you don't get to be unloving. 
because you would be in that same exact position. You would you would be doing the same thing if it wasn't for Christ. And you know it, and I know it, and we we need to admit to that. The only thing that's good in us is 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 from God. So we don't get to boast, and that's what Paul is saying here. No human being might boast in the presence of God, and because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that it is written, "Let no one who boasts, but uh, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord." That is the only thing we get to boast about. We get to boast about how good Jesus Christ is. We get. We we, we can boast about that all day, all night, and we should. Uh, but we don't get to boast for ourselves, and we need to keep that in mind. And that 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 definitely applies online as well. Uh, okay, so we got some more to talk about, but before we do, because I, I, wa- I wanted to give you those good examples of things that we can do, how we should be thinking about ourselves and each other, um, but I want to show you the dangers of falling in line with the world, the foolishness of the world, because the Pope just recently came out with something recently that has got people talking about it. And so uh, I want to talk about that uh, now because YouTube is the way that it is. We can't do that at YouTube, but we will do it over at dailyrenegade.com. So head on over. If you haven't had a chance already, go on over to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership today. Uh, and you can get the rest of this JPD Weekly. You'll get uh, all sharpening reports. You'll get full episodes of, of Gary Wayne's show and Brian Melvin and Everything we have available at dailyrenegade.com. So head on over, dailyrenegade.com, get a membership. Members, hang on the line. Everybody else, thank you so much. And until next time, take care and God bless. All right, we are in members-only territory. Thank you so much for being members. Uh, so I wanted to quickly mention um, what the... Pope kind of came out with uh, talking about foolishness of the world, and I want to talk about kind of how this relates to some of the foolishness that that um, Christians have fallen into also. And I'm not talking about Catholics specifically who agree with the Pope, though that would apply as well. But Pope Francis has recently called for civil union laws for same-sex couples. Uh, He says, they are children of God and have a right to a family. Now, this is what happens when you follow the foolishness of the world. Uh, So it says, this is from Daily uh, New York Daily News, nydailynews.com. Pope Francis says same-sex unions need to be legally protected in a stunning departure from the Vatican on the issue. Um... Francis says in a new documentary that premiered in Rome Wednesday, quote, homosexuals have a right to be part of the family, they're children of God, and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or made miserable because of it. Uh, he added, end quote, um, he also says, quote, what we have to do is create a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. I stood up for that. End quote. So this is what happens when somebody follows the foolishness of the world, obviously. And so we know that. So there, there are, there's all this foolishness in the world and he, he's just placating to that. He's just going along with it. But the main reason I brought this up was not to show how foolish the Pope is. Cause I think, I think a lot of us kind of realize that. But the foolishness of Christians in response to this that I've seen a lot of. Um, and if you want to read the whole article, you can go to NewYorkDailyNews.com. But the main thing that I've seen in Christians is they have, they have online at least, uh, they've used this as their excuse to get prideful, to get arrogant, to get egotistical, to, to call Pope Francis, you know, names and and to be revilers basically like what we talked about last week they have used this as an excuse to be revilers now i'm not talking about christians that are just calling out the bad doctrine here like i'm doing this 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 idea this theology 
that the Pope is espousing is foolish. It absolutely is. It's it, He's following the foolishness of the world. At the same time, I absolutely pray that he repents. Don't know if he will, but I, I would not say that that's beyond the realm of possibility. Jesus Christ can do anything. The, the, the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to save anybody if they're willing. So they, wouldn't think about the amazing news that that would make across the world if the Pope actually got saved, like for real. Like if he actually repented of all that stuff. There are, there are actually Christians. That would hear what I'm saying now and would say, Josh, that's impossible. That's foolish. You know, you don't even waste time praying for the guy. He, he's, he's the devil incarnate. He's, he's Satan. He's, he's all these things. No, he's not. He is a human. He's a human being. Uh, now, is he following the spirit of Antichrist? Absolutely. I agree with all that. Horrible doctrines, horrible theology. But he's not beyond redemption because he's not dead yet. Um, now, if he's the false prophet, then you might have a case, but we can't prove that right now. You know, he might be, he might not be. So in, ca- in, in the case that he's not, in case we're wrong, and I think there's a good case that could be made that he's the false prophet, but let's, let's, I don't know that for sure, and neither do you. Nobody knows for sure that he's the false prophet. Nobody knows for sure right now who the false prophet is and who the Antichrist is. Um, so in case we're wrong, Let's pray for him, and let's pray that he doesn't do uh, any more damage uh, than he, than he's already done. So that's that's the foolishness that I see. I see people use this as an excuse to get really prideful and really egotistical, and to start thinking of themselves. Well, I'm so much better than that. No, you're not. The spirit of Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, is better than that. But all you have to offer is foolishness and folly. Same with me. Same with all Christians. Same with the Pope. Now the Pope clearly is not walking in the spirit of Christ. He hasn't accepted that. Uh, so he's walking in foolishness. So you don't get to be boastful. You can, you can be boastful uh, about God. You, you know, you, you can say the spirit of, of, of God, the Holy Spirit is so much better than that. Like the Holy Spirit is, is, is it, Jesus Christ is, is so much better in every way than these things that the Pope is, is saying. But we have to realize that the Pope is still a human being. He still has eternity in front of him. And we should not want him to burn in hell for all of eternity because of this kind of, because of this kind of stuff. We should want him to repent. You know, we should, we should want that for him and we should pray for that. In love and humility, knowing that any one of us could have been in that same place. You know, may, maybe not all of us could have been the Pope, but we all could have been believing that same stuff. Any one of us could. And we know that that's true because there are people in the world that believe that stuff. And because they've rejected Jesus, they have, they, they're going to have hell to pay if they don't repent. Any one of us could have been in that position. So we have to have some humility about that. And we need to absolutely speak out against false doctrines and speak out against false teachers. And right now, absolutely, the Pope is a false teacher, 100%. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But I'm not saying that from the stance of, oh, I'm so much better. I'm, st- I'm saying that from the stance of Jesus Christ is so much better. And Jesus Christ says in his word that these, these uh, same-sex unions are sinful, Jesus Christ says in his word, people don't, they don't have a right to, to anything. You know, what right? The only right that they have in this, in this country are just the rights that we all have. But they don't have the right to go against God's plan. And neither do we. Now, we still do that sometimes. We sin. But if, if homosexuals do that, they are in sin too. So to have a religious leader, to have somebody who's claiming to be Christian like the Pope, because uh, he'll claim that, to, to, to have him espousing this stuff is a big problem. I mean, it's, it's wicked and it's evil. So, but we say that not from our own position. 
of authority, but we say that from Christ's position of authority. We say that because we know that his word is true, and we can point to where in the Bible it says this stuff is 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 wrong. So we we do that as an appeal to the authority of Jesus, not to us. But I have seen so many Christians not quote a single Bible verse, not not say that, you know, Jesus Christ says this or that. They say that they say this or that. Well, you know the, the the Pope is an idiot anyway. You know this guy. This guy's just uh, you know he, he's he just deserves to be thrown in hell right now. And you you see all this stuff, and it's like, well, is that the proper Christian attitude? You know, are are you speaking on your own authority or on Jesus's? And are you boasting of yourself? Because when you denigrate somebody, when you revile somebody like that, you're boasting about yourself. You're you're giving off this. Uh, you're 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 saying that you're you're so much better. The only reason you, you're better is because of the Holy Spirit in you. So uh, I want to make sure that we all have the, the proper attitude about that kind of stuff and know how to um, come against that. So, you know, some of this might be a reproof for some people. And believe me, like I said, I've been through this myself. Um, God has definitely had to reprove me on this stuff, too. This is a big reason why I don't do Peck Report anymore. I had to back off of politics because it was a weakness of mine. I kept falling into this trap of of thinking I'm better than than a lot of these leftists and liberals that want to push all all this satanic stuff. And and it was it was harder for me to remember that um I could have very well been in that position myself had it not been for Jesus Christ. It would have been very easy uh for me to fall into that. I probably would have been the biggest liberal in the world, you know, if if I wasn't a Christian, if 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 it wasn't for Jesus sacrifice for me. So I don't get to boast of myself. I get to boast on Jesus, but not of myself. And the same goes for all of us. So I think that's one of the biggest problems in the church today. And I think we all can work in our own lives to try to get better, myself included. All right, everybody. I hope that has been helpful. Uh, it's good talking to you as always. Thank you so much for being members. And until next time, love you all. Take care and God bless.